Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Let's get to it, guys. In the words of George Carlin, let's do a fucking show. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing okay. It's a crazy time. There's so much that we have to get to. Uh, just today alone, January 6th committee announced they're looking into new evidence that House Republican members did offer tours of the Capitol to, uh, well, let's just say rioters they were grooming. Uh, the Senate passed the $40 billion military aid package for Ukraine, even though Rand Paul had a big sad about it. Review of the 2020 census shows that 14 states had their populations miscounted, and that will affect those states' representation in Congress and their access to federal funds for the next decade. Of course, uh, Madison Cawthorn, we'll talk about this later in the show, he, he's, he's very upset uh, that the entire Republican Party cut him loose. My God, the Republican Party has abandoned Madison Cawthorn like he's a fetus that just came out of the mother's body. And they will never think about him again. But he's he's now celebrating the rise of something he called Dark MAGA, which is hilarious. Have you heard about Dark MAGA? Dark MAGA called the cops on itself. Dark MAGA is demanding to see its own birth certificate. <laughs> and also, a wide range of extreme weather is on tap for the West beginning today, which could include record heat, high winds, dangerous fire weather conditions, and even a major snowstorm all at once. A grand jury has indicted the Buffalo shooting suspect on a first-degree murder charge. We're still not saying his name. And the Washington Post has verified their 2014 emails where Tucker Carlson and his wife asked Hunter Biden to help him out and help their son get into Georgetown. All that plus, well, Elon Musk. You know, you keep thinking, God, why can't we get this guy's name out of the headlines? But every now and then, Elon's name gets into the headlines just for pure entertainment value. Turns out a SpaceX flight attendant has now said that Elon exposed his tiny little South African junk to her. And he propositioned her for sex and the company paid her $250,000 to keep her mouth shut. Boy. It's a good thing Elon cares about all that free speech for SpaceX flight attendants. Otherwise, he might look like a narcissistic, petulant dick. But we got to talk about uh, our Republican friends, folks. You know, 192 Republicans just voted against the $28 million bill for baby formula. 
okay, after months of screaming about baby formula shortages. And then they're trying to, you know, use high gas prices against Joe Biden any way they can. Well, today the House passed a bill to crack down on price gouging at gas stations to protect American consumers by a vote of 217 to 207. Every single Republican voted no. Then let's talk about terrorism. I mean, that's what the Republican Party cared about for all those years. The House of Representatives just passed a new law designed to deal with the threat of domestic terrorism, largely along a party line vote. Only one Republican voted for the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. That was a vote of 222 to 203. Only Adam Kensinger of Illinois. Uh, You know, uh, seriously, four Republican members didn't even vote on this, which, of course, was passed in the wake of a terrorist mass murder at a top supermarket in Buffalo that left 10 Americans dead. Guys, this is where it's at now. We, we love our conservative friends to call at 866-997-GRID. I promise we'll be nice to you. We hung up on a guy last night, but we kept him on there until he used the N-word. I, it didn't take long. But here's the deal about Republican politicians, and it's very important to separate Republican politicians from Republican people. Republican politicians don't actually care about what they claim to care about. These votes all prove it. And one step more, Republicans really don't care about what the majority of Americans want. This brings us to another chapter of life in the USA, USA meaning the unelected sect of Alito. The Oklahoma legislature just gave final approval to a new bill that prohibits nearly all abortions beginning at fertilization which will make it America's strictest anti-abortion law. It prohibits abortion from the moment of fertilization. The moment of fertilization. I mean, let's be honest. At the exact moment of fertilization, no one's getting one. You really, you know, you could say, wait an hour. I mean, usually people have a smoke then, but nope. It's going to rely on lawsuits from private citizens to enforce it. The bill allows any individual to sue any abortion provider or... Anyone who aids and abets an abortion, what does that mean? If you drive a woman to get an appointment, if you give a woman money to help her get an appointment, it would allow lawsuits against anyone who helps pay for abortions, which could implicate anyone across the country who've been donating to charity organizations that help women in restrictive Gilead backwoods states get abortions elsewhere. Those who sue successfully would be given awards of at least $10,000 and compensatory damages, including for emotional distress. Because some woman decided to terminate a pregnancy and it upset you so much, you had to cash in. This is real. This is happening now. Other states have tried to ban abortions throughout pregnancy, but they've been stopped by court order because under the Roe decision, states can prohibit abortion before viability, roughly 24 weeks. A lot of states, like Mississippi, have tried ballot initiatives that define fetuses as persons to make abortion murder. Those have failed so far. But if signed by the governor, this bill would cut off yet another option for women in Texas who have been flooding across the border to seek this legal procedure. And it's going to try to punish those from out of state who help women get abortions. It's modeled on the law that took effect in Texas in September, which banned abortion after about six weeks. And it, again, is relying on this creepy civilian enforcement not law enforcement, to work around all the court challenges. Now, because of that provision, the law explicitly says state authorities cannot bring charges. The U.S. Supreme Court and state courts have said they can't block the ban, 
even if it goes against the constitutional right to an abortion established by Roe v. Wade. Because they don't care about law and order. They don't care about individual freedoms. They don't care about states' rights. Five Republican justices said that Roe was settled law. And their shadow docket allowed that Texas bill, which goes directly against the Supreme Court precedent of Roe, to go into effect. And now these Oklahoma Republicans are going to have a law that is also in direct conflict with Roe v. Wade even before Samuel Alito can destroy it. I mean, the Republican Party probably is going to control Congress soon and very likely the presidency soon. They already have the judiciary, including the Supreme Court. So you can expect this to spread, guys. If you're happy that this isn't happening in your state, it's going to happen. There will be more vigilantism, and they'll all expect presidential pardons. This was the latest step by, by the Republican legislatures to chip away at abortion rights, bit by bit, until the procedure is outlawed completely everywhere. You remember the leaked draft opinion by Justice Alito, along with oral arguments regarding the Mississippi law that bans the procedure after 15 weeks. We know what they're going to do. This bill does make exceptions for cases of rape and incest, but only if the rapes or the incest has been reported to law enforcement. So if your dad rapes you and gets you pregnant, you can't do anything about it unless you tell the police first. You terrified young girls. An Oklahoma Democrat, Cindy Munson, was on the House floor, and she said so many women, especially young girls who may be victims of incest, do not report rape or incest to law enforcement. She said, can you explain to me why you're okay with a person carrying on a pregnancy after they've been raped or there have been instances of incest? You understand what incest is, correct? You are okay with that? Now, Oklahoma passed their ban on abortion care a few months ago. So as of August 1st, anyone who performs an abortion will get 10 years in jail. But the rapist who impregnates the woman who gets the abortion will only get five years. That's Oklahoma, where rape is okay. And even if there aren't any lawsuits filed against the abortion providers... This is going to scare providers. This is going to scare people who distribute abortion pills to stop their work out of fear of being bankrupted. Emily Wales, the president uh, of Planned Parenthood of Great Plains, said this isn't a fire drill. This is not a rehearsal for what's to come. We are living in this real world right now. The Supreme Court will finalize that this summer. In 2017, the most recent year we have stats, there were 4,780 pregnancies terminated in Oklahoma according to the Guttmacher Institute. In most states, Oklahoma's abortion rate has already been going down. Abortion rates usually decline when Democrats are in office. But because of Texas's law, a lot more women have been crossing the state to get abortions. Planned Parenthood said they saw a 2,500% increase in the number of patients. Who does this affect? It affects poor women. Women with money will still terminate pregnancies. These states are guaranteeing that there will be more poor babies born, and they are punishing poor women with more poverty. Oklahoma, like many other states, has a trigger ban, so as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, it'll be banned in the states. And again, it's great that they have such incredible concern for life in a state that's bought and paid for by oil companies. Oil companies that are killing the earth right now. (sighs) I mean, think about the fact that an abortion bill that bans it starting at fertilization would pretty much ban 
contraceptive methods that prevent implantation, like an IUD or a morning after pill. Of course, uh, Governor Stitt blamed this. He was on Fox News and they said, how are you going to help these poor women who have to have their pregnancies carried out when they can't afford to have the baby? And he said uh, he blamed the socialist Democratic left for trying to abort these children. We believe God has a special plan for every single life and every single child. And we want everybody to have the same opportunities in Oklahoma. And aborting a child is not the right answer. Guys, you are allowed to try to criminalize this process. You are allowed to try to ruin women's lives. You're allowed to try to bankrupt poor people. But I will not let any of you vile, godless motherfuckers claim you're Christian. The Bible's not against abortion. If you supported Donald Trump, you don't get to claim you give a rat's ass about Christ. I'm going to say it again, and I hope conservatives will call in and challenge me. If you supported Donald Trump, you don't get to use that word. Will Smith can smack you in the face and say, take Jesus's name out of your goddamn mouth. You don't care what Christ talked about, which was welcoming the stranger. You guys hate migrants. You hate asylum seekers. You shit on the less fortunate Christian refugees at our border. You don't care about helping the sick, which Jesus demanded. You tried to take away health care from 24 million Americans. You don't care about poverty. You're trying to make the poor more poor. You guys support the death penalty, which Jesus was actually against. So even if you don't believe in the Bible and any of this spiritual stuff, you can still use it against these godless hypocrites. <laughs> and by the way, they say, okay, no right to abortion. But, you know, they're saying these the unborn have some kind of legal rights. But a U.S. citizen is someone who was born in this country. A pregnant person could go give birth in another country if she wanted to, right? Anyone who hasn't been born is not a citizen, is not an individual. The Bible says life begins with first breath. In Genesis, in Exodus, God makes it clear that a fetus is property, not a person. A fetus has no date of birth, no country of birth. They can't stand women. They can't stand women thinking for themselves and controlling their own lives. If a woman has a miscarriage, does her womb become a crime scene? Will she be investigated? Look, 89% of abortions in the U.S. are already done by 12 weeks. 95% are done by 15 weeks. Late-term abortions are incredibly rare in New York. But this is still a signal to other states. You can ban it now. Except these laws won't stop abortion. Women will still try to terminate pregnancies. All they will stop are the safe, legal, regulated kind. So take these stupid, evil laws to the extreme. I mean, if a, if a, if a fetus is a person, if a, then if a pregnant woman goes to a bar and has a drink, you got to lock her up, right? Because it's against the law to give alcohol to a minor. So reward citizens with $10,000 if they report they saw a pregnant woman have a drink. Seriously, that's child endangerment, right? I am so tired of these states taking federal dollars. I think Americans need to wake up and realize we're not trying to create Gilead here. And we need some kind of law that doesn't let any state receive federal funds paid for by the rest of us. Oklahoma has just forced women to stay pregnant against their will. Are they going to go after men? Are they going to force men who get women pregnant to be subject to the same level of scrutiny and regulation? I mean, if a woman gets pregnant, and doesn't have health insurance or any good insurance, and she and the child's father aren't married, so she's not eligible for his insurance, is Oklahoma going to force the man to pay her medical bills? No. Is Oklahoma going to force the man to pay her hospital bills? No. Is Oklahoma going to force the guy to pay child support, health insurance premiums? 
college funds. If Oklahoma is going to force women to have children, it should force the men to help support them. But they're not going to do that because they don't care about babies. They don't care about Americans. They care about pretending they're better people than you. And that's all this is. If they were Christians, they'd be at the border with blankets and water welcoming the stranger. If they were Christians, they'd be doing something about poverty and taxing the fuck out of the rich if they needed to. They're not Christians. They pretend to be Christian to pretend to be better than other people. Young women of childbearing age should leave these states. Move to states with laws that don't treat you like the property of the state. Let's see Oklahoma's birth rate plummet. Let's see businesses decide to not open there. Let's see their economy decline. You have a law says a woman can't have an abortion, then, then the state controls the woman's body. Is that what you want? And by the way, God's the least pro-life character in the Bible. God demands the slaughter of children in Hosea chapter 13, 1 Samuel chapter 15, 4 Kings chapter 2, Deuteronomy chapter 21, Isaiah 13, Exodus 12, Leviticus 20. That's, that's where it says you've got to slaughter any child if they insult their parents. Jesus uses that against the Pharisees. You know how many times the Bible demands jailing women for abortion? Zero. So guys, game on. The fight is on. My mom and dad were good Catholics. They went to church every Sunday, but they would never vote for a politician that was against abortion rights. They would never call themselves pro-choice, but they remembered what this country was like before women had that right. And there's a lot of seniors like that too. They are awaking a sleeping giant. And I got to tell you, these revoltingly fake Christians who despise America and don't care about living babies, they're all showing up to vote. Are you? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. We've talked a lot about the revoltingly twisted and amoral mentality behind the great replacement theory or the white replacement theory. It doesn't refer to getting rid of Republican politicians. If you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about it quite a bit. But it is very important that you can't talk about the great replacement theory without addressing its anti-Semitic origins. And like racism, it cannot be separated from Jewish hatred. And the anti-Semitism that first spawned it fits dangerously into this trend of rising political violence in the U.S. So that's why I'm always thrilled uh, to get the great Eric Ward back on the show. He is, of course, executive director of the Western States Center and senior fellow at the Southern Poverty Law Center. This guy knows more about this than I will ever know. And we are always thrilled to have a gentleman who is a champion of peace, justice, and democracy like Eric Ward. Hello, sir. Welcome back. John, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm sorry it's on such a sober note, but it is good to hear your voice. 
Thank you. How are you holding up? This was just the more the more you read about this case, the more sad it gets. I, I, I was reading the names of all the victims on Monday, and I was just struck by how elderly more than half of them were. These folks who were no stress, no, no threat to anyone. And I'm wondering, how are how are you holding up? I know this is very close to your heart. Our thoughts are, are certainly with the community of Buffalo and uh, those who lost friends and loved ones uh, um, to this horrifying uh, act of political violence and, and, and hatred. It's, it, it, it reminds me, John, that we continue to have to address two issues, this rise of a white nationalist social movement that is bent on destroying uh, democracy, at least as we know it in America, and replacing it with a white-only ethnostate. But we also have to deal with the underlying structures of inequality that put communities more at risk. Uh, yes. It was easy for him to locate a store because there was only one supermarket in the neighborhood. And um, those who are terrorized now are afraid to go into the one place they can access food. And many of the elderly in the community absolutely access that store. It was the only one. And uh, primarily, they had to walk or, or, or take a bus to access that store. Um, this white guy who carried out this murder, after planning it for a very long time and buying his uh, Bushmaster rifle legally, deliberately chose this zip code because it was 78% African-American. It was the, the, the most African-American zip code in all of upstate New York, and he drove 200 miles just to do it. And the media, to its credit, did point out that this was, of course, motivated by racism and, and the replacement theory. But I'm curious, it's more than that. It's more than just anti-black hate. What, what stands out to you about this atrocious moment? Yes, I, I think at first it's important to understand that uh, blacks, uh, uh, I know growing up black in America, uh, uh, as Derek Bell once said, that uh, uh, black faces are, are the faces at the bottom of the well uh, in America. And that is uh, the result of a number of different things, whether we're talking about health or education, uh, uh, any social issue, but it is also true when we are talking about other forms of, of bigotry, uh, often African-Americans find themselves at the receiving end of those bigotries as well. And, and by way of example, we could talk about immigration and the impact of immigration disproportion on the black community or uh, access to reproductive health. And it appears in this case, absolutely anti-blackness uh, uh, played a role in who this individual uh, chose to target. But the worldview was the racism of anti-Semitism. Uh, uh, simply put, the uh, uh, replacement theory that everyone is talking about and writing about this week is essentially a retelling of the anti-Semitic uh, uh, story of the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, an exactly. anti-Semitic document that was put together by Russian czarist police in the early 1903. Uh, uh, replacement theory is just a 2.0 version of this anti-Semitic uh, Semitic narrative. And it is this narrative that fueled uh, uh, um, this conspiracy where this killer then drove 200 miles to attack blacks. He attacked blacks because he believed himself to be in a war with the Jewish world. I mean, and we have to point out, we hear a lot about hate crimes, but this was not, you know, a reactionary crime of passion. This was very mission-oriented. As you've said, this was not an aberration of grace replacement theory. It is a feature. This was methodically planned for a long time. 
Absolutely. And uh, there have been uh, many acts, of course, Tree of Life uh, in Pittsburgh, the targeting of Latinos in uh, uh, El Paso at a Walmart uh, uh, back in uh, August of, of 2019. Uh, we can go to the Overland Park, the targeting of the Jewish Community Center there. Uh, three people killed in 2014, or even the Sikh temple attack in Oak Creek That's right. in 2012. What, what we know uh, uh, about this anti-Semitic worldview uh, called the replacement theory is that it drives people to believe that they are in some kind of, of race war uh, uh, with Jews, and then they perceive minorities, religious and racial minorities, Muslims, immigrants, black people, Asian Americans, to then be puppets of, uh, of their Jewish That's masters. Right. In, in short, anti-Semitism is not only killing Jews, but it's killing non-Jews. And I, I think it's important for us to, to begin speaking to, I think people have the right to know why their lives are being threatened, why their friends and family are being taken from them through acts of uh, racial violence. Uh, the white nationalist movement is acting out a conspiracy that centers the Jewish community, and it's, it's harming all of us, and it's harming American democracy. The code words are pretty common. I mean, anytime I, I hear globalist, I kind of know what one of these racists is getting at, or, or even excessive mentions of George Soros, who devoted his life to fighting communism, but it doesn't matter, Soros globalist. You always kind of know they're talking about our Jewish brothers and sisters. Absolutely. We, we know that the Jewish community is being targeted uh, in rhetoric. Look, the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion was put together by Russian czarist police who were afraid about the spread of democracy uh, uh, across Europe. And they created this, this story that uh, alleged that Jewish elders gathered in a cemetery at midnight to plot the takeover and the destruction of European Christians. You overlay the story of the Great Replacement Theory today, this idea, right, a secret elite. And in this case, the shooter who wrote his manifesto was clear that he was talking about Jews, seek to destroy American Christendom. It is an idea that is being promoted by the white nationalist movement and more irresponsibly by elected officials and media entertainment, uh, folks like uh, Tucker Carlson, who uh, uh, parrots. Uh, the replacement theory and yep. uh, the protocols of the learned elders of Zion in, in multiple broadcasts. It is completely disturbing uh, uh, that the federal government would allow people to take to the American airwaves and to create the conditions and call for genocide of minority uh, communities in the United States with little or no accountability being felt. It's very frightening. And I think you're right. We have to understand at the end of the day, this narrative targets the Jewish community. But all of us pay the price of not admitting that we are in a, uh, a confrontation with organized anti-Semitism. And it is wrecking havoc on our community. And it is wrecking havoc on our country. I give you so much credit for, for highlighting that element of it, because we're used to thinking, okay, they hate immigrants. We get that. Build a wall. They'll never go after the folks who hire undocumented immigrants and dangle the jobs. This is all about demonizing brown people. But you're, you're right. I mean, this is a culmination of 
decades and centuries of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that it is, in fact, not just white people being replaced with immigrants and brown people. It's the Jews who are making all this happen. That, to me, is the part of this ugly, ugly smear that I think the media keeps overlooking, that consistently these adherents do believe that it is part of a Jewish-run conspiracy, not just the fact that white people are having fewer kids. That's, I think that's exactly right. Uh, uh, it is a narrative. It is a story that people are playing out that uh, they have been told is true, and no one has drawn a clear moral line uh, a barrier against it. And, John, I have to say, that is, that is the role of the media. That is the role of business leaders. And where I sit, it's the role of the social justice, racial justice, and human rights movement to be very honest with our communities about why they are at increased risk right now. Yes, there is racism. Yes, there is Islamophobia. Yes, there is anti-Asian racism. But much of that bigotry is being organized, uh, not organized to spread hate, right, but organized to overthrow democracy and what little protection uh, 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 resilient minority communities have in the United States today. But here's the catch where I think you're exactly right, John, right? The white nationalist movement, uh, um, these Republican elected officials, these irresponsible uh, entertainment figures who, who position themselves as news hosts, they don't bring anti-Semitism into our communities. They merely organize the anti-Semitism that already exists. They're taking advantage of individuals in our communities uh, uh, who have not been educated on what anti-Semitism looks like and, and what it sounds like. We're not aware that when people are talking about Eastern establishment, when they're talking, attacking Hollywood, right, that these are old code words. These are dog whistles. Uh, uh, for Jews. And we have to do a better job of educating our communities and our social movements so that we're not feeding the oxygen for this anti-Semitic attack on democracy. But that's what it all comes back to, right? What are we going to do? I mean, this is what makes me crazy, Eric. You know, these things happen. We, We see it happen again. They always have different details, but it's usually essentially the same kind of narrative. And we have grandiose public displays of our very sincere grief And then nothing changes. There's no changes in policy. There's no new legislation. And it all keeps coming back to, well, what can we, the people, do? Because our leaders are either unable to do anything or they're unwilling, which is why the leaders are unable, because so many people block any kinds of positive reform. I mean, it just sort of feels like this is something we just have to accept is going to be part of being an American. Yeah, we we, um, we're we're being conditioned to to accept uh, an environment that simply is is untenable. And uh, I know we're tired and I know we're exhausted, uh, but we have to continue to, to lean in. Look, uh, the most important thing folks could do right now is to get elected officials to be clear about where they stand on replacement theory. Are they supporting or are they opposing an anti-Semitic conspiracy? that has led to the killings of dozens of Americans, right, over the last 10 years in the United States and in places outside the, the country. We in the United States have to do that. Look, elected officials outside of the U.S. have to take stock that we are now a country that is promoting an anti-Semitic conspiracy, 
right, that has led to the deaths of people in, in New Zealand and in Germany and other places around the world, right? It, 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 people have to figure out ways of holding the U.S. government responsible for allowing irresponsible speech, right, in, um, uh, 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 in the United States. But, but look, there are some very specific things we can do. Right? We should remember that we have to hold on to hope. We are watching Amen. people push back. People say the Republican Party has been completely taken over. It is certainly controlled by the white nationalist movement, but we just watched in the Idaho primaries as Idaho Republicans, certainly not folks uh, uh, folks would ever frame as uh, liberal, come together and overwhelmingly drive out much of their far-right uh, candidates out of the primaries. It's one of the hidden stories of this primary election. One of the two candidates endorsed uh, 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 by Donald Trump, uh, uh, who did not win uh, their primary win. Uh, there are lessons uh, around the country. We are watching conservatives. We are watching liberals. We are watching progressives begin to understand that our destiny is tied together. We have lots of arguments and things that we disagree with on fundamentally, but the protection of American democracy is a non-negotiable. It was paid for through 75 years of black civil rights struggle and Amen. all those who are brave enough to stand by us. And uh, we should not concede it so willingly. We have to make our elected officials do their jobs. And their job is to protect the interests of American people, even from domestic terrorists within our own borders. Well, Eric, I got to ask you, I mean, we talked about these white nationalists right after the terrorist attack on our capital on January 6th of last year, when when yeah. they stormed this building that was built by slaves in service of a president who claimed the first black president wasn't really born here, carrying flags of the Confederacy. At some point, tech companies do bear some responsibility, don't they? A free speech is one thing, and we don't want to curtail anyone's speech, and it is not illegal to be a bigot, and I don't pretend we can change anybody's hearts here, but at what point do tech companies have some responsibility? They, they absolutely have uh, a responsibility, and they failed in their responsibility, and when we fail in our responsibility, it is the duty of government to step in and to create structures and systems that ensure that the American people are not being exploited. Look, I think it is time for the federal government to understand, right, that tech companies are either incapable or unwilling to allow their platforms to be used for the proliferation, right, of language, of imagery that leads to calls for open genocide in the United States. Radio and television stations in Rwanda and other places around the world have been taken to international court, right, for the promotion of genocide. It mm -hmm. is simply irresponsible, and it is time for the federal government to draw the line. Look, we have to be careful and ensure that free speech is not violated. But the Supreme Court, right, has long ruled that there are limits on free speech. I cannot engage in insider trading. I will be taken to jail, even though that is a violation of my free speech. I cannot openly call and announce that I'm going to kill the president of the United States. Right. Right? There are limits on free speech, and it is time to understand that there are people who are manipulating right, uh, American infrastructure 
in order to gain profit at the lives of, of lost Boom. Americans. And we simply have to say no. It is such a pleasure to have you back on our show, Mr. Ward. You are welcome here anytime, and we're always thrilled to offer you this platform. What is the best way our listeners can keep up with you and your work? John, folks can get a hold of us in our resources at westernstatecenter.org or follow me at Twitter at Bulldog Shadow. I look forward to talking with folks, and let's all keep moving forward together. Bulldog Shadow. I had you for W State Center, but I'll do Bulldog Shadow as well. Eric Ward, thank you so very much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Please continue to good health Appreciate and come it. see us again very soon. Thank you. We will be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm John Fugelsegg. Mark in Portland, thank you for your patience on hold. Hey, John. I was wondering, um, you know, when I think about how many executive orders that George W. Bush had over his eight years, uh, 400 and some odd executive orders, I'm sure most of them were unconstitutional, but he did them anyway because he didn't care. Hmm. But uh, what, what, what if um, President Biden actually, as, as an executive order for an emergency executive order for women's health care, said uh, from, from this day forward, uh, all VA hospitals and clinics will have a condition a cordon off uh, 2,000 square feet in their clinics for a private contractor to administer health care services for women. Such as he could do it. He could it's do in it. a federal building. It's federally protected. There are armed you know, service agents all around the building. No one's going to, in the right mind, try to attack it. And uh, there's 1,200 VA clinics and hospitals across the country. It's I mean, very, very yeah. possible. I mean, it's, it's it, look. I don't think Joe Biden would do it. I think he's come a long way on this issue. I don't necessarily think he would, but I do think he could. And I do think doing it and the fight that would come from it would really inspire a lot of Americans to get involved in this process and show up to vote. I'm also a big fan of uh, of, of the various First Nations uh, tribes that have said that they would want to be able to have clinic access on tribal lands, which would not be affected by the, the state's uh, orders. So, look, this fight will continue to evolve. You know, and because uh, if, if, if they rent, if the government rented out space to a private uh, organization, nonprofit like Planned Parenthood, they're not paying uh, high. De- there's no high amendment money going to, to abortion right. services. Planned Parenthood is paying to have a space there. And that's it. There's no money being. I can guarantee someone has already talked to Joe Biden about this, and I hope it's on the table. Thank you for the call, Mark. 